0: Everybody and welcome to a Vassals of Kingsgrave flashvoc, which is when we do a very spontaneous, sort of short, sharp, concise Vassals of Kingsgrave episode because one of us has done something they can't wait to talk about. And in this case, I'm being a 007, and I watched the TV show I May Destroy You, which is simultaneously being shown by the BBC and HBO. And I wouldn't shut up about it until my good girl Hannah watched it and could talk about it with me. So, hey H, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hey, it's me. Shadow Baby on the forums, I guess. <laughs> not Shadow Baby that?
0: on the Discord server.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess on the Discord server. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's worth saying up front, folks, that if you haven't watched this, you should watch it, but you should proceed with care. Um, it has very strong um, sexual discussions in it and political discussions about um, the nature of consent and sexual assault. So, A, you should definitely have watched it before you listen to this, because we're going to do loads of spoilers. But, you know, exercise, self, exercise self-care exercise um, self and make a, a sensible judgment as to whether you want to venture into the world of this show, because it's hard-hitting and it is based on the writer-director
1: Michaela Cole's um, own experience of sexual assault. So it's very, very raw. I mean, subject matter aside, it's just fantastic visual storytelling and it's cinematic technique i have not seen used in like 20 years so brilliantly the subtle storytelling and the subtle visual cues it's just outstanding like all the subject matter aside it's a work of art
0: they really go above and beyond don't they in the way they use sound and point of view and i guess sort of visual effects to show you or take you inside the mind of someone who has been drugged, whose perception is foggy, who's struggling to create memory again. Um, just the way in w- where the camera is, how the camera is used, really makes this raw because you feel so internalized to it. And in a in a show with kind of, you know, a lot of um, flashbacks and flash forwards and different perspectives from different characters. And then, you know, this kind of not Rashomon style ending, but just, you know, alternate universe endings. I, I thought it was like, technically
1: audacious in a way oh very much so i agree i, I think too a lot of people tend to use color temperature uh, like fincher's really good at this like using color palettes and temperatures as a as a part of the story it's almost like another character being there and and in this it's not the colors it's the angles it's the focal points of the camera that's being picked up and everything stays bright and big and colorful throughout
0: yeah it's almost like it's heightened right like sometimes it was reminding me of people like oh you know cinema directors like we just watched uncut gems again by the the Safdie brothers and some of that kind of neon lit almost like 80s intensity it almost always feels like
1: it's night even though right. it isn't and, and
0: yeah there's something that's almost like a fever dreamy type aspect to it i guess
1: yes and uh, uh there's there's a pace to it too that is so uh and sometimes it's like speeding too fast to keep up with and then sometimes it kind of slows down and becomes a little arduous but there is no moment in the show not even a split second that is just there to be there everything means something
0: How much do you think is to do with the fact that in the Netflix HBO age, we're so used to these sort of, you know, beautifully crafted series that have hour long episodes. That's kind of like the default. And that someone coming out of the British TV tradition, that that kind of like half hour serial comedy um, where you have these like 27 minute long episodes that just forces a kind of pace and a kind of tightness to it. Like it just feels frenetic and headlong because, you know, so much happens in half an hour. You'll get a whole character's backstory or whatever.
1: So uh, I fully expected it to be a comedy because in my brain, a half hour show is a comedy and an hour long show is a drama, which may be a little left over from like network primetime days. And then, you know, it's not funny at all. <laughs> this show, really. There are funny bits. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, and she it's, she started off, Michaela
0: Cole started off doing 30 minute serialized BBC comedy. So I think she's just kept the format, but turned it into this really dark, very raw drama. Instead,
1: which, which I think- which I love because that's how life is, right? You're going along and everything's fine, and then something happens and it turns dark, gets twisted.
0: Yeah, I liked it in half hours. I'm not sure I could have coped with whole hours of this. Oh, I right. and i think it really worked because it it just meant if she shifted the focus either to a flashback or to a different character's story then the half hour chunks worked really well i felt like it it just form-fitted content so well on this Mm -hmm. Um, anyway let's get into it so for people who haven't watched fuck off you need to watch it and we're going to talk about it now We love you, but come back when you've seen it. We're going to talk about the different characters and their stories, and I guess some of the dilemmas around those, and I guess we start off with Arabella, who's this kind of millennial novelist who comes out of maybe a social media following. She's under pressure to write her second book. She's grown up black on a poor estate in London. And actually, one of the details for the Brits watching it is a lot of the times when they're showing her in her neighbourhood. In the distance, not too far away, you see the, the skyscrapers of the financial district. And I, sh- I think that shows really well in London how close you are between extreme wealth and ridiculousness to, you know, she talks about being like really poor growing up, which I think is really interesting. So in her story, it starts off where she's drugged by someone and raped in a pub bathroom. That's the first episode. And then the second episode sort of struggling to remember what happened to her. And like for the first half of the first episode, she doesn't even kind of really realize and internalize that she's been assaulted. And even when she goes to the police, she she almost likes has a go at them for using the word assault, like because she doesn't want to admit it to herself. Um, so much to unpack in her story, I guess. But she goes through this empowerment drive, this self help drive drive kind of becomes kind of obnoxious and wrapped up in her persona as a sort of social justice avenger on social media, then has to disconnect from social media, kind of alienates her friends loses her publishing contract, and at the end can focus and find the ability to write her own story um, through a series of alternate endings for herself. Um, did you like Arabella? Because she can be not likable in some ways. That's a horrible thing, isn't it? We're not meant to talk about likability of female characters <sighs> anymore. I'm so fucking aggressive. It's ridiculous. But she's spiky um, AF.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's she's spicy. Uh, I do like her um obviously not everything she does i especially found myself connecting with her through the flashbacks and through young arabella and young terry mm, yeah and I found those scenes to be very genuine, very true to life. Um, I think there it's a very subtle peer pressure that we're seeing. Obviously, the story is not about peer pressure and bullying, but it's thrown in and it helps shape our mind around who this character is, much as it would shape who who you end up being in an as an adult, you know. And
0: I know. Also, I mean, it's great that you mentioned the best friendship with Terry because it's such a beautiful portrait of female friendship. This film, this, this series. We don't often see that. Um, it feels so authentic. You just absolutely believe they were best mates in school, and that they're gonna, you know, their birth is each other's birth, their death is each other's death. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. It's the thing of beauty that that relationship. And I love seeing them I in agree. school and, and Arabella's energy and her smart smartassness and you know they're just awesome.
1: Yeah, I love how the the cocksure young Arabella gives way to i don't want to say a broken adult but an adult struggling with life in general and then trauma and the violence that she experienced
0: i mean she's clearly she's broken before the rape right i mean she's struggling before the rape um and heavily self-medicating i mean this is and i'm not victim blaming at all in the way that biageo does no but she she is taking a lot of alcohol smoking drugs the whole you know illegal drugs the whole works Um, which one could argue is just a part of a night out in London. But I mean, there is a level of excess and loss of control even ahead of the, the drink being spiked. Um, yeah. so she is she is under pressure. She's on un, she's under pressure to live up to the early promise. I'm sure lots of first time successful people who then struggle with a follow up can sympathize.
1: Or even uh, people that have been successful after twenty years, sometimes we see. But the pressure,
0: right? I mean, hard I mean, everyone to deliver gets... a book
1: sometimes, Mr. Martin. I mean <laughs> I didn't
0: say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean it's I think we all get it right. Like when life is just generalized anxiety when life is overwhelming. And you don't feel that you have it in you that day to adult. I mean, she faces a choice. You could stay in, try and do her book or she can go out with her mates. And we've all been there where just the pressure to be an adult is just too much. And I think none of us should beat ourselves up for that. Um, but she does... She does get raped. She does resist the idea that she's been raped, which I found really interesting and believable. Um, I have to say, one of the things I found really kind of pleasantly surprising is like when she goes to the police, it is women. They do seem to take her seriously. They do seem
1: sympathetic.
0: There doesn't seem to be any judgment there. It's actually genuinely quite impressive.
1: Um, yes. And then juxtaposed to how Kwame is treated later.
0: Yeah. So, listener who has obviously watched this, Because if not, you're in the doghouse. But when her best friend, who is a gay man, gets raped, I mean, it's so dismissive and cursory. And his reaction is, I'll never, that's the last time I'm going to speak about it because it was so dismissive. And I'm like, like the policeman literally tells him, would you feel more comfortable filling in an online form? Right. And if it's not penetrated, if you don't know if you've been penetrated, how do you know if you've been raped? I mean, the whole thing was just, ugh.
1: And then, yeah, the legality of, well, you've had consensual sex. And then an assault takes place.
0: I mean, which you is know, so absurd, I see both sides. Right? I mean... It's
1: really hard to prove. It's really, really hard to prove. How are you going to take that to court and a jury? Very hard to prove. And unfortunately, that's why so many of these crimes don't even get reported. Not, yeah, not to mention what's the, the physical.
0: Ev- yeah, what's the physical evidence going to show? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless it was really rough. Um, and even then, you could say it was consensual. So it's it's so, oh, my heart bled for Kwame. Yeah. Um, we will get to him, believe you me. So she has this kind of like semi quite nice experience with the police, which I thought was in a sense good because I thought so many young girls are going to be watching this. So if she shows her having a horrible time, it might be more truthful, but it's going to put people off reporting. So I'm glad she reported it. She kind of portrayed it like that. Um, and then she starts becoming, she goes to self-help groups, which seem to actually help, even though one is run by a childhood friend who actually we find out wasn't potentially raped. Um yeah, that's a little bit weird.
1: You know, I'm really looking forward to season two and seeing where that gap is between Theodora then and Theodora now. She oh, we says definitely I getting a season two. Well, it's open-ended on IMDb. Hmm. It says 2020 2020- dash. And uh, I didn't look too much at it because I was still watching. Um, but I thought there was talk of a season two. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, obviously, now.
0: I'm conflicted because on the one hand I feel it was very it's very beautifully
1: closed, but on the other hand,
0: so particularly with people like Kwame and Terry, there's more I can know. So there's more stories in that world well, that I would love to Well, I'm explore. gonna wait
1: until we get there, but I have a theory about things that's maybe a conspiracy theory, but <laughs> Oh tell me, tell me, tell me. What's your theory? All right, so I genuinely expected the last episode, first of all, as soon as the DNA came back not a match on the flannel, mm. my prime suspect in my mind came immediately forward and still remains my prime suspect. I think she was not raped by that guy in the bar I think it was the roommate, Ben. The little quiet, quiet, shy English guy. Yes. And I fully expected on the last one for her to make the decision to stay in. I I really (gasps) thought that they were going to have sex. And in the middle of it, she would realize who she's looking at. And then I thought the show was going to end right there.
0: Wow. That's dark, man. It is dark. we don't don't see much of him, right? And he really is kind of a dweeb. I mean, it's so funny when they have the birthday party and events going on. And then suddenly the camera moves and you realise he's been sitting in his room with his headphones on the whole
1: time. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I hope it's not him just because I think it's nice to see a token white guy in the background Oh. not getting the main story where that would usually be the black friend yeah. and the, the white main characters. And I, I, I don't I do love how this show flips everything on its ear expectations and things. So I like that part where, you know, finally, we're seeing a show about people of color that's really entertaining, really smart, well made. And there aren't white figures. you know there aren't
0: i kind of thought that the whole point was that we wouldn't know and she wouldn't get closure in that way and that's why you have the kind of quadruple ending and that's okay like she's come to terms with the fact that she doesn't know but she can create endings and closure for herself to fit different genre and that's what we're gonna get but oh my god now i really want a season two
1: because to me the guy the ben guy he he has the nostrils that she describes and they're always woman does say that from a certain angle everyone has yeah well and if you notice they always do kind of show him from not a dutch angle but like slightly above him he's usually coming out of a room and the angle is
0: So now i need to do an
1: immediate rewatch and he has (laughs) black eyes his he has like black crazy looking eyes. So I don't know if that's just me picking up on that or what. I don't know if it, any of it was intentional but I full-blown expected it to be Ben. You know, the person you least suspect.
0: Yeah, well, no, exactly. Um, hmm. So how do we so she, she goes to therapy. I think some of the acting that she does is phenomenal. I hope she gets all the Emmys in the world. All of them. There's no bad actor in this. No, it's very strong. And then she becomes quite self-involved and it starts off with Terry saying, you know, you should only surround yourself with people who affirm you and at what point does affirmation become enabling of narcissism. And I think we do explore that when, you know, her best friend Kwame and indeed Terry have both suffered sexual assaults and need help and she's just not in the mode to listen to them. I thought it was very brave of Michaela Cole, um, who's saying this is partly based on her own experiences, to go down that road and say there is something maybe inherently narcissistic about healing. Like you have to turn inward and heal yourself. You have to make yourself the number one priority. And in a sense, maybe that's okay. Like you just literally can't be there for other people if you've been through this sort of stuff. Um, So I
1: found myself Especially like on when when you've had your gender and your sexual organs weaponized against you Mm. and you become you go from being a girl who's struggling and living in a you know metropolitan area to a victim now that you have this new identity thrust upon you you didn't ask where you don't want it so you don't want to acknowledge it you just want it to go away you want it to not be there mm. and there's sort of only another way to deal with that really and it's to take the victimhood and wear it like armor
0: because she is strong she is a warrior i mean even like she shaves her head she's got her dr martin boots on she looks like a warrior it is very powerful It is Mm -hmm. very inspiring in a way. And I kind of like that, but she shows the addiction to social media again, you know, showing the perspective with music, with trippy effects, like when she's literally getting the emojis coming out of the phone screen at her and, you know, her therapist has to say, can you, do you need social media? Like, do you need it? Like you need drugs. I mean, you need to get off it. I thought that was super powerful.
1: I really love the the bit in the street too, where Kwame, who is a victim. So supposedly the person she's doing this for, you know, being a in warrior for victims is standing there going it's freezing in this echo chamber yeah I, just what a like point i, I feel like i'd
0: have to instagram post or tweet to get her attention i thought that was yeah savage um yeah but she does come out of it she comes through it she finds herself she finds her friends she apologizes she makes good and she writes her own story and she reclaims the narrative which she didn't even really have at the start which is so she emerges stronger and more complete self-publishing can we talk about her lack of boundaries though like there is something quite petulant and childlike about her and we do get that when she's a child like the attention seeking and the the narcissism is there i feel pre-attack the way she goes to italy and and lets herself into Biagio's flat and kind of is slightly unhinged about it. And like, th- there is a lack of respect. And the way she locks Kwame in the room at her party, I mean, she doesn't know that's going to be specifically triggering, but even then... That's not okay behavior, right? I mean, that's not normal No, behavior.
1: And I kind of get the feeling that no, that's she a total that to violation.
0: Probably... Yeah, she would have done that pre-attack, right? I mean, that's just her. Like she just she's so spontaneous, but in a kind of slightly dangerous way, I find.
1: Yeah, and I think that's another beauty of the show though. Is it explores all these other themes about consent and it explores this idea of, well, I'm not an abuser, I'm not an, you know, a sexual deviant, mm. but Then when you do how she says in the book reading, it's not rape adjacent. It's not a bit rapey. If we were in the United States, it'd be rape adjacent and, and examining the idea that we've. Perhaps hurt people in our lives, thinking we're funny, thinking yeah. it's no big deal because it wouldn't be a big deal to us. It's just and, a drunken
0: jape. I locked him in a room with a cute yeah. boy. I did him a favor, you know. And her shock, like you can see on her face, it's it's almost like laughing it off, but shocked that how can Terry even accuse her of doing something inappropriate in this moment? Right, because she's a victim. Yeah. So how can a so victim simultaneously victim be an aggressor? Yeah. Right. And I
1: love that the show does that; that it shows both. Um,
0: actually, it's worth. Well, the violation
1: of the break into his apartment she couldn't have just waited outside like that's a violation or
0: called him to let him know that she was coming
1: yeah that's Um, that's not consent you know yeah and and then to not stop and think how would i feel if i was on the other side of this
0: yeah exactly it's 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 it, it speaks to a certain narcissism that i think is kind of brought out and made made grim during the events, actually, it's worth saying to the listener who, of course, knows this because I've watched it that she don't not only gets raped once but twice because um, after after the initial rape by the unknown rapist in the pub, um, she then has sex with another author who her publisher kind of sets her up with and this starts off as consensual but he takes off the condom and doesn't tell her and i hadn't realized this shows how dumb i am i hadn't realized that that is actual rape Um, neither did i and i'm kind of really relieved and pleased that it is under british law but it's kind of amazing to me as a grown woman that i didn't know this um i mean i would have thought it would be off and kind of maybe abuse or But yeah, it's actual rape because I suppose it's just not, it's something sexual without consent. So...
1: Yes, and it makes total sense, although it's just something I never thought of myself, you know. Um, I've been blessed to never have had any of these experiences, so... Yeah,
0: me too. But it's um, me too, in the the reverse
1: way of me too, right? But
0: So when she makes that speech and says it's not rape adjacent, it's not a bit rapey, which is kind of how I would have described it, I think, as sort of rape adjacent or a bit rapey, it is rape. And I was like, you know, you're doing God's work here in educating people, because it's wrong. And I think, again, just as she would be shocked to know that she had done something abusive to Kwame, that poor author, well, not poor author, because he very deliberately did it, I think would be an absolute shock to think he's a rapist even though I'm sure it's serial behavior. So it's very intentional. Um, I
1: also like the way they call up the culture around that secret condom removal without, they don't go too far into it, but they, they touch on that there there is a culture around that, which makes it worse. Yeah, the idea works. that there would be a Reddit subforum
0: where you could talk about these are the excuses you give to the girl about how your condom came off. Yeah, is, I mean, is that a thing? I mean, fuck me. That's just dark. That That's really
1: That is so different than now see they do take a hard line on sex under any false pretense is rape I would say that is a little bit of a cry from my name's Joe I work in finance and really work at McDonald's you know you got to kind of do your own vetting I I still think we we should be accountable for who we let into our homes and inside of our bodies as women Mm. um you know some guy gives you a line and you want to believe it that that is a little bit different than you've penetrated me under a condition I did not agree to right yeah
0: exactly you penetrated me and I I was fully under the impression that you'd put a condom on and you didn't is that's a very very different thing and yeah it was just it was just so provocative I mean I literally had this online discussion with my friends I was like did you realize this was rape?" because I didn't and it's good that it is but who knew and even when she says it's different in different countries I thought how are you even meant to keep up so if that incident right, right. had maybe happened in Italy, it wouldn't be rape. I mean, it's just it's nuts to me. Um, if ever, like it just, <laughs> this is going to sound so fucking asinine, but you know, we have like international law, like we have international law for things like marine shipping and stuff that's global. I kind of feel we need to have international law around rape. The problem is it would be lowest common denominator to countries where marital rape isn't
1: even a thing. So
0: I guess we can't go to the lowest common denominator, but And again, like- how
1: do you prosecute it really? Yeah. Which, which then get, brings into question the doxing thing is, you know, is that an appropriate measure for justice when you can't get justice? And does that open the door for people to be victimized that have not committed a crime? Maybe, you know, You see,
0: I don't think so. But maybe that's just me. I also the only thing I didn't like in this whole series, and it's a very small thing, is the idea that someone as social media savvy as her wouldn't know what doxing is and would have to Google it. I felt that was very much for the benefit of us, the audience. Like I don't think in universe Michaela would not know what doxing was.
1: Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> um, I do have a real big nitpick with the show. I really hated, and I think it's just the one thing that they fucked up. I don't like that he helps her finish the book. I don't like that. At yeah,
0: all. I don't. Yeah,
1: why would she let? I him don't back understand him? it. And perhaps only Michaela Cole can answer this for us. But I really, it made me feel dirty. It made it. I did not like that. Is it because in
0: some sense she doesn't think, like, she is not making it equivalent to what happened to her in the bathroom? Like, she thinks she's saying, okay, maybe they're both technically rape, but actually I can forgive this guy. Or, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is weird. I agree with you.
1: Like, meeting him and having, you know, you sit down and being in charge and taking control and and confronting him, I get the come back to mine and then I'll take your help. And now forever she has this success that's based partly on her attacker. I, I don't like that at all. Mm. And maybe... maybe... Maybe the point is the twisted nature of abuse. And and how we feel this odd attachment to people that hurt us—they're you know they're sort of permanently intertwined there. I, I'm It was lost on me. Maybe, and maybe she feels she like has it. to
0: have him there to work through it because he's part of it. I mean, who am I to judge? But yeah, you're right. I mean, it felt if we're having this level of ambiguity. I mean, there are certain things that the show brings very deliberately to us as discussion points that are yeah. ambiguous. I don't think this was deliberately ambiguous. I think that was a bit of a a, a misreading of character or a misportraying of character narrative. Completely agree with you.
1: (laughs) the scene where she takes david home you know fucks him tells him to go sort of sympathizes with him as obviously a victim of rape himself which is common most i don't say most but uh, a significant number of sexual you know attackers have been victims themselves often in early childhood and their sexual identity is wrapped up in the violent and i appreciated that in her mind she allowed for that possibility and as a tool to move on assigned that to him and forgave him in her mind but it's not real I don't like the whole Della thing and it is real I that part I didn't get
0: yeah and there is a difference between forgiving someone and then inviting them back into your life right I mean yeah right I'm with you I'm with you in the end, So what do you think of the final, the way in which her story resolves? Were you satisfied by it? I mean, a lot of people weren't, they were really upset that they didn't get resolution. But did you like the kind of the multiple endings?
1: Yes. And I think, you know, just in those two endings, there's so much to unpack. I mean, we could probably spend a whole couple hours just beat by beat, every little thing that's shown in those. How many references
0: to Tarantino to so much revenge cinema and yeah yeah the iconography
1: Um, of how she's
0: dressed of the kind of the way she is in frame the way her posture is I mean yeah there's so much
1: yeah um so I really I do like them I like that we see her exploring idea in her mind rather than putting herself at risk or putting anyone else at risk in real life because ultimately i think the point is she could go out find him kill him hide him under her bed maybe get away with it they could have left him there in the street and probably gotten away with it you know yeah Um, (laughs) yeah or Or then connecting with him on another level, even like, sure, there's all these possibilities. But ultimately, with any trauma, you have to accept that it happened, that it's done, come to a a place where you can say to yourself, I'm safe now, it happened, and I'm going to move on. And so there is no scenario where she addresses him that gets her to that place. There's no one else that can do that work. That's her work to do. Mm. And I like that she ultimately does get there.
0: Yeah, I found it very elegant. I mean, I I loved it. I didn't know that's what was going to happen, but I'm glad it did. And In a sense, I think it's it's the only way it could have ended. Anything more to say about Arabella or should we move on to maybe Terry next?
1: Mm, I I just one other thing. I I love the I think it's the episode like right before the finale where we're seeing how she's a serial forgetter of things yeah and i just i love how these past things speak to the way things happened to her and the way she reacted to them going all the way back to like episode one and two mm. um yeah just really brilliant really brilliant storytelling but I yeah let's you... do terry
0: let's do terry so terry folks is the loyal best friend uh played by the actress um Warice opia i really hope i'm pronouncing that correctly and this is a very complicated story because she is super, super loyal. She is a true best friend and they've been best friends for life. And that really just comes off so clearly. But the story is a very tricky one because as the series unfolds we discover that there is potentially some guilt in the self help which the mutual friend points out that when she she was sober and not on that night out and when um their mutual friend called to say you know she's a total mess she's really drunk Um, I'm meant to be walking her home but I don't want to walk Arabella home because I want to go and fuck my mistress and the best friend Terry kind of made me pissed off that Arabella serially pulls this kind of getting drunk and having to be parented sort of behavior says don't worry just let her get on with it and so there is some guilt there. And there's also, really interestingly, a very interesting story about consent going on with Terry too, wherein she goes to Italy on holiday in the good times of expense payments with Arabella. And she thinks she initiates a threesome with two Italian men, but realises later on, kind of suspects it maybe after the fact that they knew each other and had set her up. And um, it's kind of confirmed to her later when she repeats the story. So the idea that she had a threesome, she thought it was fully consenting. It was kind of maybe almost proud of herself for being so daring. But that realizing that the two guys did know each other and probably have pulled this act with a number of other tourist women too. Just is that what does that count as? is that rape is that i mean i don't know but it's a really provocative interesting discussion so those were the two big character bits i wanted to talk about with harry but any
1: any others i really love this the thing in italy because it's so subtle and it's not really lamplit but her face the entire time you you can see her six senses going off her amygdala is telling her something's not quite right here
0: But then part of me is is thinking, is she thinking that because she's never had a threesome before and it is kind of a weird situation. Right i think
1: we're like I think that i think we supposed thinks. to think it
0: yeah and it's never through. said though she's getting out of her comfort zone so she would look a bit weird and then it's only when she pulls back the curtain of her bedroom and sees them kind of chatting to each other very kind of intimately as they leave almost laughing yeah
1: the knuckle tap there <laughs> yeah
0: that's oh that's such a bro moment and i was just like oh terry and like half of me and this it's i get so close to kind of um Start shaming with these thoughts and i i am a victim of the time and the era and the culture in which i was raised we think oh arabella do you have to get so drunk and it's like terry do you have to pick up two guys you've never met before in a bar but of course that's not the point and i get that um but you just think you do you do lay yourself open to it because you've got no context for these guys you don't know if they're nice guys you don't know anything about no. them but it still no, broke I, my heart because i just thought she's done this thing and she feels cool and she feels like sex positive and that's great and then it's just another example of two men fucking you over in the worst possible
1: way well I I mean I don't know how it translates to you living over there but for us Europeans are notorious for being very open with sex and it's not a big deal and they look at us as prudish and uh, so there's sort of like this when in Rome do as the Romans do sort of um, think about it at least for me and I I feel like Terry's there as well I'm gonna have these experiences and I
0: think lots of us think of holidays that way like I'm sure especially when we were sort of young free and single and younger
1: but holiday just
0: of itself is a more permissive time and i'm sure right. people who live in places that are holiday resorts very well take advantage of that but you know there's going to be an influx of people looking for casual summer things. and that's okay <laughs> you know that's cool it's just normally it's a little think- bit less I don't know. You
1: know, we we never see Terry ask them if they know each other. Perhaps the thought crosses her mind. Perhaps it doesn't. So, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm victim blaming. Uh, It's certainly not her fault that she was lied to. Oh God, no. Yeah. But I do think it's important to recognize. So, for me, for example, I've never had a sexual partner that I haven't looked in the eye and asked them when the last time they were tested was. Gosh. You all and did. and if they would say, Oh, last month, I would ask to see it. And if they couldn't produce it, I'd leave. Why? Because you- I was what? raised that the only person who's gonna protect me is me. Mm. So, you know, thank God I have good parents that raised me that way. But I've I've heard from friends and I'm like, how do you not ask? And they're like, You ask? How do you not is my thing like so again, I think to vet people's stories before you allow them to enter you is really important. And again, I don't I don't want that to sound like it's her fault. It's certainly not her fault. But we shouldn't be so Afraid of victim Shaming and slut shaming that we're Afraid to have the conversation about Protecting yourself asking the Questions don't be embarrassed Feeling, feeling, feeling
0: empowered yeah feeling empowered It's the least he can do is aunt, or she can do Is mm-hmm. answer honestly if you're about To have sex that's a good point actually being Not just sex positive but positive Like vocally positive like Being feeling empowered enough that you can ask Questions before engaging in sex even if It's a casual one night stand and that's all Cool. um yep. and I have, it.
1: you know, I've had one nighters where yeah. I ask, and if I don't like the answer, now I've also had, I've had one nighters where they're like, I haven't been. Now that's my risk to take, though. Yeah, and you can wear a condom, I and mean, you make sure they fucking wear a condom, right? Yeah, I, mean... I, yeah, I take my risks, you know, but I need the information first, and if you fail to attempt to acquire it, I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's important to remind young men and women to do the work and to not be afraid that oh it'll turn off it's a turn off yeah you know fuck you if that's a turn off
0: what struck me as weird about that whole threesome situation is it's not like she wouldn't necessarily step with him if if she came back from the bar and was dancing another guy and they're like hey mate I see you found the same lovely lady that I did I mean if they had been honest with her that they knew each other I'm not sure the threesome would have been any less likely to have happened it just would have been more honest so I don't really know we also
1: don't really know that they do know know each other. We see them really briefly before she meets Giovanni, but they could have just been outside having a cigarette and not really acquaintances.
0: Yeah, true. You know, we,
1: we don't know for a fact that they were doing this on purpose. I'm not and again I'm I'm sure they probably were and it seems the point is that they were. Mm. But but yeah, like you said, what's the point? Cuz she's a totally willing partner and yeah. I don't think it would have changed her decision either way if she had known you know maybe so she's, well, there is okay, a so bit of the flattering of like two separate guys coming on to you i guess like I, I pulled twice not just yeah right even,
0: yeah i don't know but anyway it, it is interesting because it does show those liminal areas that are between can th- those issues around consent where it really is a gray area and we'll have to try and figure it out so i love that they were willing to go there um well, what do you think I about the
1: fact that she gets that news from someone who's taken her somewhere under false pretenses <laughs> yes True, true, It's just, it's all, it's all full circle, you know? It's crazy. Yeah.
0: What do you think about her complicity in what happens to Arabella in, in letting their mate off the hook and saying you don't have to walk her home? So they have a mutual friend called Simon, played by Amal Amin, who we're meant to see as a sort of a city high flyer. He's escaped his sort of urban uh, sort of poverty background. He's made it in the city. He's earning a good wage. Um, and he's cheating on his his fiance, I guess, with a mistress and um he just dumps arabella who he knows is drunk because he wants to quickly get a shag in before he goes home but apparently he called terry and terry said that was okay she does that all the time
1: well here's the thing okay so you know philip calls me in the middle of night and goes hey Bina's all screwed up i'm not there i don't know what he means by that mm. it you know it, i really think it's on simon he should have known this was next level something mm. was wrong yeah this isn't her she doing the usual bumps cocaine and two tequila shots on a friday night yeah so. he should have put her in a cab and made sure she got home he mm. you know he could have called a very any least, number of other friends at the very least order her an uber and put her in it right So I think that, you know, there's drunk and then there's falling down, knocking shit off the bar. That's totally next level. Something's not right. You know, she, Mm. for all they know, she could have been in medical distress from Mm. some other condition and for Terry not to gauge that accurately, I don't think is on her. What is on her is when she realized after the fact, the first time when she met with Simon and he called her out on it so once twice now she had the opportunity to say look i'm really sorry i made this mistake i didn't know how to tell you
0: yeah the fact that she just doesn't say it and maybe she just feels that you know we do meet um, Arabella's family later on and you realise that her created family is far more important to her than her actual yeah, family yeah. they're providing more support and maybe Arabella sorry maybe Terry will tell her at some point but just feels that I'm her number one support right now I don't want her to lose faith in me too because then she'll be really lost right so I don't it. want
1: her to be on and I and I ultimately think that is what it's about um, I don't think that any of the measures that Terry takes after are to make up for it either I think it is her genuinely being a good friend oh 100 i completely the agree. silent um agreement upon that when they actually do then confront it is you know it's all said there mm. you know things unsaid and said are all wrapped up in just one little look and one little line
0: but, like, you know, like, I I kind of feel like these bounds of friendship are sort of like, you know, getting someone home, whatever. Yes, they're there. But ultimately, it's what you said before. It's up to you right. to make sure. Like, you can't, like, there's this huge argument about let's agree that we don't need each other. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, really? Like, you can't outsource your own safety to everyone else.
1: Well, especially when you're drunk. I mean it's one thing to say when you're sober at the beginning of the evening don't let me do this and then you get a couple of drinks and you're like fuck up, you know we've all been there at least because well, he's
0: going like, to be the designated driver you're all drinking right <laughs> like you're all yeah don't, like, like, it's, don't the great, it's the great it's the great
1: it's the great to fool yeah, like, you get old. surly so it, yeah it really is up to yourself to set your own boundaries and again i grew up in an era where rohypnol was this big <laughs> thing always in the news and so i don't let people buy me drinks if they want Want to? I go to the bar with them. I watch it poured. I I watch my drink. And again, I'm not saying she got herself into this. I'm not trying to be Biagio here. But again, it is important to teach people: watch your drink. You, yeah, we you know, this Maybe is not a thing of the past. Too.
0: I wonder if um the younger generations do get taught. To- I mean, like I remember being indoctrinated by that by parents and teachers. I wonder if that still happens, or whether that feels passe now and people don't bother telling kids about that. Um, I
1: think that must be it because even me i'm like well who really fucking does that anymore you know yeah, it must but happen all the time obviously it's happening and it is really critical to teach people to you know if i if i set my if i'm out and i set my drink down there's been times when i've just poured it out because i'm not sure yeah, like honestly, like yeah. Um and 10 bucks is not worth my safety, you know. Let's talk let's
0: talk about Terry and race because I mean, obviously there's lots of lots of themes about sex and sexual exploitation in this series, but there's also the theme of race and how they're treated and and we'll get into that a lot more with Theo, but you know, Terry goes on an audition um to do a commercial, I guess, and she's asked by the very white middle class privileged female casting directors um if her hair is real which it's not it's it's a weave and if she feels comfortable removing it right then and there for them and it's just excruciating and embarrassing and so horrific. Um, That's inappropriate,
1: yeah. And it just
0: reminds me of every patronizing interaction that Arabella has with her publishers, even though she's a publisher's worst nightmare. Um, it's, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I feel Terry is very much the person through whom we really see some of the issues around race. can i tell you something
1: Mm -hmm. most i think mostly it's because i just don't care but perhaps maybe i'm a little ignorant but it wasn't until a couple of years ago that i realized most african women wear wigs i always thought it was their
0: hair honestly (laughs) until
1: real housewives of atlanta i I didn't know either i really i mean obviously there's some like cuts and colors like in the final episode she's wearing that white piece obviously that's that's a wig uh or mm. if you you know maybe if i had a coworker that had like really short hair one day and then really long hair the next day maybe i'd put it together but <laughs> I just never I never realized that that was like a normal part of the beauty regime for and and it makes sense because the hair is hard to manage it's hard to grow
0: yeah I mean I, I have so many so many conflicted thoughts about this because I'm a woman who has part African heritage and very curly hair that I blow dry straight so, inappropriate. And... that would
1: be like are those your real teeth no it's dentures can you take them out yeah <laughs>
0: sucks, what the hell? I mean like but it's another way in which women, especially black women's bodies are not seen as sacrosanct. Like it's it's another invasion of your being. Yeah. So you can yeah. sexually invade it. But like asking, it's like, would you ask someone to take their bra off in front of you? I mean, it's just so bizarre to me. Um,
1: right. But yeah, it might happen all the time. Beauty, And they, were, you know, mm-hmm. they were wanting to say, well, can you take it off and let's see you, your natural beauty? Not this idea of what beauty should be but your natural beauty then that Mm. would be different yeah and and less inappropriate i think of a request
0: Mm. anyway let's move to kwame the third of the three musketeers and perhaps you know as a gay black man arguably even more vulnerable than being a a straight black woman in modern day London and his story is so dark he Mm. had his first sexual encounter as a minor getting into a car with two men who beckoned him in and he doesn't say it wasn't consensual but it doesn't sound pleasant Um, And then we see him as an adult on whatever, on like a sort of grinder type app, hooking up with another black guy and being very clear that he didn't want a certain kind of penetrative sex, which may be to do with that first initial encounter, or maybe not. And they have consensual sex. But then as he goes to leave... The guy basically bars the door, throws him back on the bed and for sure jerks off on him while pinning him to a bed and maybe penetrated him too. But that's kind of left... I mean, even, even Kwame doesn't know if that occurred. Yeah. And then he goes to report it to the police. Um, they are just completely, completely bloody unhelpful. He tells Terry. Um, it takes him a while to take Arabe- tell Arabella because she's so wrapped up in herself. And I think, again, he, he is really struggling to understand what has happened to him and he knows it's an invasion he knows it's an act of violence to be pinned to the bed the question is does it count as sexual violence if it's just masturbation or if it's penetration and so ambiguous but I just thought my god like this this poor guy I mean as, as bad as it is not that it's a contest of like victimhood here but oh what a nightmare what an absolute nightmare
1: yeah um
0: I mean, is he the only person in the show who basically, you know, at least with, I suppose with Arabella, we don't see her have a positive sexual experience in the time frame of the show, do we? Um, But with, we don't with Kwame. In fact, maybe we don't with Terry. I mean, none of them have had positive, sex positive experiences in the time frame of the show. Oh, yeah. And then Kwame decides that he doesn't feel safe having sex with men. So he's going to have sex with a woman. And um Has sex with a woman he hooks up with on grinder, and then she starts being homophobic after sex. So reveals he's gay, and that obviously freaks her out because she didn't realize she was having sex with a gay man.
1: To me, a big takeaway I would like everyone to have from this is when he's in the apartment with the guy on grinder, and he says, "Roll over, I want to fuck you bareback," and Kwame says, "No, I don't do that," and he says, "Well." I thought you were in everything. Right then, that's where you leave. You get your shit and you leave. When people Mm. use your own words against you, they don't respect your boundaries. They don't respect you. And you're just a thing to them. So right then is where... I need people to walk away.
0: Gosh, you're so right to pick that up. And I hadn't picked up on that. And that is another great VOK PSAH. Keep them coming.
1: It's just not okay. It is not okay to pressure somebody using their own words to engage in any activity, but especially sex. Hell no. No, no, no.
0: Good. I'm glad we've established that. So was it ever established or said in the show whether that was rape? What happened to him afterwards? To me, it felt like such a violation, such a brutal violation. But if I it's think not it's
1: definitely rape, I think that like showing your genitals would be rape. Masturbating to someone that doesn't want to see that is rape, right? So that to me is in the same vein. Mm. Um, I hope it, so, because it was brutal what he went through.
0: Yeah, I mean, for it the idea really that whether one hurt, millimeter of, one millimeter of a whoa, penis whoa. is in or out, that shouldn't really make yeah. that much of a difference, right? I mean, he was pinned into a bed and and it's
1: it's still an assault it's unwanted contact and it's uh, an unlawful confinement as well yeah i'm
0: wondering in the uk though what's the difference between where's the line between sexual assault versus rape um, well, but he still geezer, should have been then.
1: prosecuted for kidnapping. Mm. And at the very least, if they felt, well, there's a lack of evidence, you know, do you really want to go on the stand and have them degrade you by saying, well, you engage in one type of sex and then you drew some weird line that we don't understand. Do you really want to go through that. But here's victim services for you. Okay, so so basically,
0: according to the Metropolitan Police, what happened to Kwame was not rape. Rape is when a person intentionally penetrates another's vagina, anus, or mouth with a penis without the other person's consent. Assault by penetration is when a person penetrates another person's vagina or anus with any part of the body other than a penis. Or by using an object without the person's consent. The overall definition of sexual or indecent assault is an act of physical, psychological and emotional violation in the form of a sexual act inflicted on someone without their consent. It can involve forcing or manipulating someone to witness or participate in any sexual act. Um, so you've got so still a crime. Have, so you've got to have penetration by a penis for it to be rape. Um. Yeah. If there's no actual penetration, or if the penetration is with something that isn't a penis, it's a sexual assault. And being forced to participate in a sexual act or an indecent assault is indecent assaults. So I think he was indecently assaulted.
1: Yeah, but also kidnapped. That's an unlawful confinement. Yeah, he was not allowed. But to but lead. that's amazing. So it goes from indecent assault to rape
0: if there's just one millimeter of a penis just going in gosh
1: but then even and again i understand them not feeling like they can prosecute anything that's unfortunate part of our system designed to protect the innocent
0: i'm going to see what the uk typically But they
1: could have offered him counseling services they could have they could have at least said we understand something happened to you and while we might not have evidence to prosecute here's these resources to help you heal we mm. recognize you as a victim yeah
0: I mean, it like the whole way, anything. the entire way he's treated by the criminal justice system and indeed his friends is horrific. Does that I really?
1: Mean... I love, I don't know if you picked on up on it, but when Arabella is reporting, she's, it's mirrored there. The, the mise-en-scene there is mirrored. Kwame's on the other side of the table. There's only one officer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a young white officer. It's not a diverse officer. It's not a gay officer, presumably. Yeah, it's it's horrible. But he then goes on grinder and picks up this guy who has a thing for black guys, great. And if he'd have said to her, like, "Hey, I'm on the spectrum. I've kind of had an experience. I think I want to just kind of play around a little bit and see what straight sex is like," that would have been cool. But the fact that he doesn't say that and has sex with her and then says he's gay—I don't know whether that counts as assault or withholding of consent—but it's certainly shitty. I would. Feel it's really very
1: shitty. It, it's at least a violation of sexual preference mm. to me. Now, and it's like, I knew- not that I wouldn't
0: necessarily have sex with a gay person if they were up for it and I was up for it, and just in the moment it felt right. But you'd want to both know what you were doing right you both again want to, it's uh,
1: not a decision you get to make for other people yeah you know if you have an std you need to de- disclose that to your <laughs> partner it's not a decision you get to make for them they need to take yeah. their own risk even if they are homophobic <laughs> yeah even if they are homophobic i mean you you don't get to determine people's sexuality and you have to respect people's sexuality
0: but the difference is is i feel that i mean michaela is sorry michaela arabella is very quick to bring him up on that and to call him out on that in a way that and he he takes responsibility for it but in a way that when terry calls arabella up on what she did wrong to kwame she cannot really take ownership of that right um And actually the way she goes at him, which is really verbal and really brutal, I thought was very, very nasty because he's a fragile boy. I mean, like, there's not much to him. So they also
1: completely dismiss, even Kwame dismisses the fact that he didn't say no to that woman, but he also never said yes to her. Hmm. she she really did pressure him even though there was an expectation of sex does not mean you have to follow through with sex. yeah so... but i thought
0: that was a, i mean yeah totally but i just feel he was a bit self-justifying he knew he'd done something slightly shitty because he's a decent guy yes got, but i mean again
1: sex. i think we we skip over and and The show, I don't, again, I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but we skip over the fact that women can be abusers too. Women can be aggressive as well. And she never asked for his consent. She never got it. She took it. But also, this
0: this does play into the kind of the racial um, themes that are being explored here, that the way she objectifies him. And I know there's some objectification in all of these Tinder grinder apps, right? Because we're all picking people based on lewd pictures of their body parts to go and have sex with. So I know that's inherent to the form. But there is a way in which, you know, she's the the, the sort of like the, the little white girl who has a thing for big black men, right? Right. And, and she, she picks him. She wants him. She wants to have a certain sexual experience. And it's a very cliched, almost porn hub sexual experience where, you know, he's having sex with her and she's like, you know, rougher, harder like she she almost wants a cliche of a of a porn scene with him which is yeah. all to do with him being a big black guy so that was all very uneasy very uneasy to watch um, as Agreed. much as I did feel bad for her that you know he was gay and hadn't told her but um...
1: she's not celebrating his blackness and and just in love and infatuated with black men black culture she's using it as a uh, ego boost yeah absolutely
0: um you know. so anything else to say about kwame other than that he's a lovely guy and i hope he's okay wherever he is i love
1: him i hope he's okay i want to see um, him flourish
0: i want to see season two to see kwame do well <laughs> yeah
1: me too i uh i re- the actor brilliant what a great you know um i hope that yeah i mean he is i mean find... it's worth shouting out
0: papa scado who um uh is Kwame is a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company, right? Like he's 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 done Hamlet and King Lear and um well not playing King Lear but been in King Lear and has a and he's a very, very very solid Actor, and not, I think
1: not that it matters, but do you know if he is homosexual in real life?
0: Uh, good question. Um, let me go to his wiki personal life. I just not think on it's
1: nice to see like actual trans people playing actual trans characters and actual homosexual people playing homosexual characters.
0: Yeah, not clear from wiki, don't know. Um, uh, but really a great film. I mean, all, all of these three roles were amazing, so you know, kudos to all of them. I guess the fourth and final main character is probably Theodora played as an adult by harriet webb and as a young teen so powerfully by an actress called gabby french who i don't think i would seen before but really really impressed me actually she was in military wives that's where i recognized from her which i don't recommend you'll watch but um nonetheless good actress. So she's the white character who went to school with Terry and Arabella, um came from a broken marriage. It transpires that her mum told her at the age of 7 to tell the divorce courts that her dad had abused her so that her mum could get um full custody, which basically shows that she's been taught to lie to get what she wants. And then basically, she's having sex at school. Um, the guy in the early days of Nokia can't, like, flip phones.
1: Oh, my a- God. My heart for that the Nokia. nostalgia, Snake. And I was like, give it to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the nostalgia. That. The nostalgia was real. He takes a, a uh. picture of her and sends it to all his mates, Um and then pays her for sex because she asks him to. The whole thing about self-esteem and self-worth and what you'll let a boy do to you. And then she decides to cut herself and claim that he raped her to the school teacher. The police come to get him. And he's a black guy, right? No one's going to believe him against her. And then basically the girls, Terry and Arabella as young teenagers, get the pictures that uh, of her having consensual sex and show them to the teacher and get the kid off. But it's really oh, fucked shit. up. Because then I, I like- thought it was really
1: interesting how um they they go after her because they they view her as a white attacker of a black man
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not recognizing her as a woman and then later arabella is talking about being that in that tribe of women and focusing on that more
0: and that being really tr- troubling and i think it's really interesting in, a, in an era when people talk a lot about intersectional
1: intersectionality
0: and being aware of your position as a black woman like both together, that Arabella very much sees herself as being raised as being very much defined kind of by her blackness and her poverty more than by her gender. And mm. she gives this very impassioned um, kind of speech or rec- recitation of something she's written, where she says this is the first time she's really being forced to think of herself as a woman first. And this idea that actually intersectionality, thinking of, your- of yourself as all of these three things at once, a deprived black woman, um, yeah. is very challenging to kind of encompass all of that in your yourself and i think it was a lesson to me that you know i often refer to myself as a woman of color and thinking thinking myself in that way but actually being almost forced to pick tribes um must be very painful and not well the
1: other thing that always stands out is the blackness and not the immigrant part too they're all from immigrant families
0: yeah yeah.
1: You know, and that's not really Addressed. their main focus, you know, mm. even within this their is... own community.
0: Yeah, very true. So this poor, I mean, I really felt sorry. I mean, even while she was doing this horrible stuff, I did feel sorry for um, Theo because A, she's young. I mean, she is a minor at this point. She is, she's being sexually exploited. She's been given bad examples of how to exploit your sexuality to get a lie, to get what you want. And I just thought she's a very, very fucked up, broken young child. And then when you see her grown up running sub- victim support groups, and I thought she claims she's a victim of, an, of abuse. And I wonder if she has since been sexually abused for real. Um, well, not for real, because obviously what the boy does to her taking a picture of her, which technically is child pornography that he's circulating, um, isn't Correct. right or good. I mean, that's also wrong. But I wonder if she's subsequently been abused, whether she is referring to that incident. And that even though she did do something bad to him, that is still the defining experience of her life and has caused her to do a lot of good work in victim support groups. She's such yeah, a good character. I, I really want to know more about her.
1: It's funny. Have you ever seen the things about the nine eleven 11 faker? No there was this woman after 9-11 who lost her husband in the world trade center that day um a lot of the legislation that was passed to give aid to the families was her work and then it turned out it was all bullshit she didn't know anybody in the towers there's this brilliant documentary you can probably find it on youtube it's called the 9-11 faker and, that doesn't uh...
0: surprise me at all like i think sometimes when there are these world historical events We all consciously or subconsciously want to be involved. Like you all knew someone who knew someone who was involved. Like even at the start of COVID when there was almost like this thing of I know someone who has it. I know someone who's in hospital. It's just bizarre human psychology. So I wouldn't blame her for that. I think that's very, Yeah,
1: they they kind of wrote the psychology as um, the overwhelming just earth shattering helplessness of watching an event like that can Mm. compel you to be involved because it gives you some power in it in managing your own feelings around it Um, yeah and and it's funny because a lot of the people uh uh, you know who were in her groups and a part of her organizations that found out have said obviously it's a violation but can't be too mad at her because she's done so much for us yeah And, and and it's funny because physically she does have a lot in common with the older Theodora and I oh, wonder really? if they maybe did that on purpose or it's just a coincidence but it, it very well, it much surprised of that because for me
0: there are so many meta references in this and references to pop cultural effects and artifacts and other sort of media that it wouldn't surprise me at all um, but nonetheless I mean like ultimately Theodora has been the victim of a, of a sexual assault she had consensual s- sex with a boy who then without her consent took a picture of her so sent it to the school and then she charged him and let let him take pictures of her with consent. So it's it's just such a it's such a complicated situation. And all while both of them were minors. So well, arguably again, capable of giving consent how do you even give consent when you're when you're under sixteen alive. you can't give consent anyway, right? I mean like legally. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. So. And that's another big thing to hit on is you are not legally allowed to give consent. I tell my son all the time, you are mm. not legally allowed to have sex with anybody until you're 18. Yeah. You don't mm. have to wait till marriage. We're not very religious, but you do need to wait until you're 18 and have a partner 18 or over, period. What
0: is it, 18 there? We're 16 over here, so that's slightly more sensible. It's,
1: uh, well, it's 18 in my state. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness i don't
1: know how it done be in alabama
0: (laughs) that's probably alabamist can't say that um what are your thoughts on did you like theodora
1: i do because even if she is a bullshitter she's helping them i think she's
0: genuine i think she's genuinely i think she's earnest in the same way that the 9-11 faker was earnest. I think she I think she's at this point in time in contemporary life, I think she's on the side of right. And I think that well, even as even as a kid, I think what did she know, poor thing?
1: She doesn't say that she's raped. She when she introduces herself, my name is, you know, blah blah blah. I've been abused, I've been exploited. She doesn't mm. say she's been raped. And she has, we see that she's been abused and exploited.
0: Yeah. So she's not wrong. So
1: we can't really say she's a liar. Um That goes into like lie by omission maybe, but I... I still think she's doing God's work for these people. Yeah,
0: I agree. And actually, one of the things I like about her, and indeed Kwame, relative to Arabella, is they do take ownership. So she works, this is one of the funniest, this is one of the bits where it's actually quite funny. She works with some fucking vegan um, food delivery service, preachy, white, middle-class, earnest Extinction Rebellion thing. Um, And she gets paid a referral fee, but she gets paid more if she brings in a black person, because black people aren't often vegan and so it's like more powerful for marketing so she brings in Arabella as a marketing assistant and gets paid and when she realizes kind of how they're exploiting Arabella and people of color when she figures this out she immediately tells Arabella and feels shitty about it and they both yeah. decide to quit and then they both decide to kind of have revenge by have, having Arabella do a sort of social media influencer thing where
1: she eats the chicken <laughs> yeah i love i love my wig is not you know climate climate change is real my wig is not <laughs>
0: But what I love about that as well,
1: I mean, how uncomfortable,
0: you know, Michaela Cole, on one hand, just tackling all sorts of issues that are very progressive and, you know, would be seen as being very woke and, and very sensible. But on the other hand... Saying something that never gets said on on TV, which is that a lot of people of color and people from my kind of background have a real issue with the whole extinction rebellion, climate change thing. Not because we don't believe it's happening, but because of the kind of the po-faced middle class earners, white people, who be telling us to give up our nice things when we only had them for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right and there's there's a there was a brilliant moment when extinction rebellion were all over London last summer where um they kind of were strapping themselves to a, a tube train an underground uh, metro train. In one of the the poorest parts of East London, which is like pretty much all black people were earning minimum wage trying to get into the centre of town to earn a living. (laughs) And, and, you know, why attack mass transit? It's one of the keyest best ways to to move around, right? So basically all these people trying to go to work, Extinction Rebellion, standing on top of a tube train, preventing it from leaving. And like these people just like pull them down and push them on the platform and get on the train and go to work, which I thought was hilarious. Like, you know... Think who you are. Think who you are. So for me, it was just really refreshing to see that point of view, which me I too. share, represented. And I thought it's brave because a lot of people who will watch this program and really appreciate what Michaela Cole's doing in terms of speaking to gender inequality and racial inequality and sexual abuse and criminal justice. I'm gonna hate what she said about extinction rebellion and, and climate change protesters so good for her oh, the balls it it. I, what i love about the series is michaela cole feels free to be provocative to say things that are probably not going to be uh popular and to make characters that are truly three-dimensional in other words they can be victims and abusers they can be in the right and in the wrong and it just makes for this really interesting provocative difficult discursive show we can chat about right i mean it's,
1: it's i really I really love that there aren't white saviors in this. I really love that they're either shown like Ben on the Fringe uh they're shown in the agents not necessarily very helpful or neutral or they're shown in theodora as an actual ally
0: yeah and what's ironic is that in some ways arabella's looking for a white savior i mean there are several times when she goes to a white person asking for money you know and they're like uh, no you didn't fulfill your contract fuck off um that is ironic can we
1: talk about susie henny for a minute
0: yes so Cece Henny is the publisher, or the sort of the uber publisher, I guess, who has made it, but who is a black woman. Um, yeah. What do you want to say?
1: First of all, that actress, I want to see her in sort of her own Faulty Towers type series. I just think she's like, the things <laughs> she does with her face are fucking brilliant. She is very She's good. wonderful. More of her, please. But her character is a problem for me. I... It might be the place I'm at and I don't like how she is only supporting Arabella because she's black, not because she believes in her writing necessarily
0: yeah and i think that's fair enough um that there could be people of color as well as white people who are willing to exploit black people right there Mm -hmm. is a moment a woke moment like immediately when arabella says um can i have my friend read because i'm nervous can i have her do the recitation she's like oh but is she black because she wants a diverse set of people reading this stuff right Um, it's very true it's very true to life and you know I guess it can be both people and I think it's very important because we've seen these publishers be condescending and exploitative who are white and then we see her be the same and she's black and Arabella kind of reaches out to her and thinks because she is black and they'll connect as black women it'll be different but I think what what maybe Michaela Cole is trying to say is business is business and business will exploit you. It doesn't care about the color of your skin.
1: Right. And
0: right. similarly, I thought it was important that if you look at the kind of the potential rapists um, in this drama series, there is many who are black as are white as are women as men right so there's the young black kid in school with Theo there is Kwame himself with the white girl there is the white girl there is you know the guy who um, kind of masturbates over Kwame who's a black guy there is the white guy in the bathroom with Arabella it's kind of like sexual abuse and exploitation isn't limited to one sex or gender or race and similarly material exploitation isn't limited to one gender or race like I think she's probably trying to be quite careful there and not show every black person's exploited by a white person that there are. Whether well, that's yeah. true to form, I don't know. But there's this that's... like
1: swirling storm of support mixed with exploitation, and then we also see Arabella sort of exploit herself through the mm. social media and exploit her own victimhood for profit. Yeah, you know. Even and on. then yeah. is that right? Is that wrong? Is that for us to say? You know, these are all important themes and ideas to explore explore can you self-exploit
0: can it by definition be exploitation if you're doing it of yourself i wonder
1: yeah um,
0: i don't think i've watched a show that has really made me ask so many questions have so many questions left open um yeah made me look up laws in my own country and question my own understanding of what those laws are i mean it's it's just phenomenal for a piece of tv to do this i think it's just phenomenal and maybe to close out i would just <laughs> if any of you haven't watched it i still listening you sneaky sneaky motherfuckers you should go and watch it because it's good tv But exercise care because it's blunt mm. i just love this i love this show technically acting audacious design cinematography use of music um It doesn't get everything right. We discussed a few things we don't think it gets right. But I think on the whole, it's it's just doing something that other shows aren't doing. It's daring to say things and show things that other shows aren't doing. And I just love it for that.
1: Yeah, and I just, I would close out by saying, I think the biggest takeaway is, is self-care, practice it, protect yourself always, you know, and no means no. And a lack of someone saying no is not a yes. (laughs) people who you're trying to make love with who go rigid on you and silent on you that's a no and you need to stop and don't be afraid to ask questions up front before sex ever don't ever be afraid you don't need it that badly you don't need anyone in your life that's not going to understand your trepidations or gaslight you about them. They can go fuck themselves. Very well
0: said. And also, maybe as a final, lovely comment out there, um, you know, call your best friend tonight. Don't just send a WhatsApp or a text. Best friends, good friends, your support network, whoever that is, they're really important. They're there with you through thick and thin. I hope you all who are listening have that. If you don't give me a call, but show some love to your besties. Because if there was ever a show to show you what a best friend can do for you and is for you and makes you, then this is it. Amen. Amen. Peace out. We love you, all listeners. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, Check us out on the Discord server. And we hope to speak to you soon. Bye. Stay tuned for a special Vassals Night In.